Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I hope you guys have Apart from just these last few moments, which obviously have been incredibly precious, you've had a good weekend, a good week, and so good seeing you all. I love that we get to gather again in, in some way on Sundays, and just last week, I had the privilege of being in Potschofstrom with our congregation there, just ordaining a, another pastor to that congregation, and it's just amazing to see how they're flourishing, and I want to thank you for your prayers I want to thank all of you for the way if you've faithfully been giving to this congregation. You've helped us to buy a really great building there, which we're still paying off. And it is just so amazing to see them come together and be able to worship. And they've got a morning service, and I stood up in the morning service and said, you guys have this great building. And as a church in Pretoria, we've loved contributing to make this possible. But I want to ask you guys in Pochostro, would you put your faith out for us to have our own space so that we can also meet freely in the way that they are able to. And it was just incredible to see how God is moving in that, just that community in the church. There's such hunger for God. And I love that we get together and we get to worship and we get to praise together and we get to spend time just growing closer to God. Next week, this time, Rob will be married. Huh? Hopefully. The Lord willing. Bible says we must put that little disclaimer in, so let's just put that in there. Really looking forward to it, Robin. You're going to have an amazing week as a last week as a single man, and you're going to have a great time at the wedding, I know, because God is into weddings. How many of you guys enjoyed Relationship Week? Like Christy, okay, a couple of you. Did anyone learn anything from Relationship Week? Awesome. I've loved Relationship Week, even as a married man, I still enjoy Relationship Week. I love preparing and spending time in the Word because I learn stuff that enriches my marriage. And I love Relationship Week, just hearing from other people because that helps me to grow in my relationship with my wife. I remember as students, we'd go to Relationship Week every year. And after a while, some people said, I'm not going anymore. I've been to seven relationship weeks now, and I'm still not married. What more is there to learn? And I was just like, there has to be more. There's relationship things. There's so much that we can get encouraged by. And I want to commend you all for pressing in for those who were here and spending time just learning and growing in our relationships. I love church. So often people get this a little bit wrong. Some people think that I love church because I'm a pastor. And then I explained to them, no, 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 no. You've got that the wrong way around. I'm a pastor because I love church. If, ever since I first came to Christ, just something stirred inside of my heart, a love for the house of God. I remember as a first-year student, I came to Christ at the beginning of my first year at university, right at the beginning, sort of the week before university started, I came to Christ. And I remember at the end, I think it was the first semester, of my first year, I looked at one of my good friends at the time who was also passionate about Jesus, and we said, 
we think we had seen each other. We weren't in the same res. We were on different sides of the campus studying different courses. And we looked at each other and we said, we think for this whole semester we have seen one another every single day. Because every single day, both of us had been busy doing something with church. We had a, a church office which was sort of in the middle of campus, and every day we'd be there, we'd be doing something. If we weren't at church, if we weren't preparing for small group, if we weren't at Bible school, or we'd still be there because something in our hearts just loved this house of God. And as we look around a church like we are this evening, as we look to the people sitting to the left and to the right and behind and in front of you, one of the things that I love about church is all of the incredible people and the amazing giftings God has put in this room. If you just look, if you spend a bit of time and we talked with one another just a moment and got to know each other, we would discover that there are incredible people in this room. People whom God has given some amazing giftings and amazing abilities. I love that God has done that. I love that He has put people with exceeding ability and exceeding gifting. He adds together within His church. I'm sure all of us sitting here have got some great testimonies, some great stories, some great experiences in church. I know some of the single most precious moments in my life have happened within a church context. And obviously within church, I'm not only talking about sort of the within the four walls of a Sunday gathering. I'm talking within the body of believers. I'm talking on missions where we go and we proclaim Christ or small group or early morning, just meeting up with friends and praying or attending a, a prayer gathering, whatever it may be. All of that collectively is church and a whole bunch more. And I'm pretty sure if we were to take time and share with each other, we would all have incredible moments in God's presence, moments in church, moments that shaped us, moments that formed us. There is something so beautiful about it. I'm also pretty sure that all of us would have at least one story. I hope you have at least one story of a time, of a moment when you allowed your gifting to partner with the purpose of God. Some way in which you brought that gifting that God had stirred within your heart and you found a way to allow God to use your gifting for His purpose. Something so precious happens in those moments. I often speak about in our, um, our share seminar, we think of the story of the young man who when Jesus wanted to feed the multitudes. And Jesus looked at his disciples. He, he looked at kind of the people who were meant to have a plan. And he said, feed all of these people. And there were, I can't remember exactly the story, there were about 5,000 men. I remember as a student, I, I was reading scripture once and I read that there were 5,000 people who God fed. And then a, a couple of days later, I read in another this passage, I read that there were, I think it was 7,000 men that God fed. And I was like, ha, huh, I found a mistake in the Bible. I found one. There's a mistake. It's obviously because when I was studying numbers, things, the numbers were big in my head at the time. Here it's 5,000, and there it's 7,000. 
And then just a little bit later, I read Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, don't you remember when we fed the 5,000? And don't you remember when we fed the 7,000? And up to that moment in my life, I'd never realized that it happened twice. And God just humbled me a little bit and just reminded me that there are no mistakes in the Bible. There are translation errors, etc. But in the original text, in the breath, the inspired Word of God, there are no mistakes. I was so encouraged by that. But I think of that boy who came and kind of they didn't have anything to feed these 5,000 people with. And I don't know if you've ever catered for 5,000 people. Rob's catering for not quite 5,000 people this weekend at the wedding, fortunately. But it's not like you can just quickly go and knock on the door of the baker and say, listen, can I have bread for 5,000 people? Actually, try that. Go to Varsity Bakery this week and just walk in and say, can I have bread or pies or whatever, burgers for 5,000 people? And look at that. No one caters. No one has it. We can't even go to sort of the big pick and pay. They don't even have food or bread rolls for 5,000 people. So when Jesus turns to his disciples and he said, can you bring, can we feed these people? They're like, where are we going to get the food? You don't just walk up to someone and Jesus says, well, what have we got? Well, we've got a boy with a lunchbox. And in the lunchbox are a couple of rolls and two little fish. Well, they weren't like whales because those aren't fish anyway. But, you know, two little fish was his lunchbox that his mom packed for him. And I would have loved to see the expression on Jesus' face. Bring it. He prays for it and he multiplies it and everybody gets fed. And afterwards, they collect 12 baskets of the leftovers. And I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in that boy's home when he went home that night. Can you imagine that boy going home and telling his mom about the lunchbox that she packed him? Can you imagine the excitement in his heart? Can you imagine something kind of that boy kind of got, went to school the next day and, you know, all of the kids at school, hey, did you hear about what happened yesterday? And they're like, no, tell, tell me what happened. Jesus fed all of these people. Where did he get the food from? Can I tell you a secret? My lunchbox. My lunchbox. What did you do yesterday? Can I tell you what I did yesterday? I gave Jesus my lunchbox. I can imagine that little boy as a granddad with his kids sitting on his lap and he's, let me tell you about the story of the day I gave Jesus my lunchbox. There is something that happens when we allow our gifts to come to Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing to this young man called Timothy. And right at the beginning of our relationship week, we read some of the advice that Paul gave to Timothy. Where Paul said to him, Be and don't let people look down on you because you are young. Some of us here in this room are young. I was in a meeting again this week, and I looked around, and I realized just one of those things that kind of been my life story. I was the youngest person in the room again in a leadership meeting. It's just God's always done it that way. I was the youngest person in the room. And some of us here, we're the youngest person. And it's easy for people to look down on us. And Paul says to Timothy, don't let people look down on you because you are young, but be an example in faith and conduct and a whole bunch of things. And in purity. And we spoke about that. God inviting us to lift up a standard of purity 
in our lives, to embrace His standard. We spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. But that same Paul writes to the same Timothy, and he says to him, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first fall, your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. And one of the things about having a small gathering like we are having churches at the moment is I can look around and recognize most of your faces, and I know that there is a strong faith in you. I know that you are here tonight because you are of strong faith. I know you are here and you are continuing and you are pursuing the purposes of God because there is a strong faith, just like Paul. I know that same faith continues strong in you, and I know that same faith continues strong in you sitting here tonight. And for those who are in the stream with us on Facebook, I hope and trust and pray that that same faith continues strong in your life. And then Paul carries on and he says, this is why. What is the this why? What is the why? The why is because there is strong faith. He says, because you have strong faith in your life, I want to remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. And as I was praying for us, for our church, we were at the a pastor's conference this week. It was just a great time just breaking away with a whole bunch of uh, other pastors and spending time with them and just hearing of the incredible things that God is doing all over the country. And as I was there, as I was worshiping, I just sensed just again, God pressed Second Timothy on my heart for us as a church. And I felt God wanting to say to you, to me, to all of us, are we fanning into flame the gift that He has given us? What is that gift that God has given you? What is that ability that you have in your life? What is it that you know God has empowered you with? In the book just before that, Paul's first letter to Timothy, he says, don't neglect the gift. And here he says, actively fan it into flame. Don't let it grow cold. There's a gift that God has given you. Can you imagine for a moment? Let's think back at the boy with the lunchbox. Can you imagine if he just sat and looked at his lunchbox and said, ah, it's not going to be enough. Well, if I give this to Jesus, then I'm going to be hungry. There's no ways that my lunchbox can change anything. Can you imagine the difference that would have happened, made in his life? Jesus would still have found a way to feed those people. But he would have missed out on an opportunity to have his faith strengthened in the most incredible way. He would have missed out on the experience of seeing God use his gift. He's the one who would have missed out. So Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, Timothy, fan it into flame. And so what I sense God is stirring for us as a church, for you sitting here, for me standing here, what is it that I believe God is inviting us to tonight? I believe He is simply inviting us to fan into flame our gifts. To fan into flame our gifts. Can you imagine, just for a moment, let's forget anybody else in our church, just the people in this room. Can you imagine how vibrant, how full of life, how full of gifting, how full of ability our church would be 
if every one of us here simply just fanned into flame our gift. Just the few of us gathered here to, tonight. Can you imagine how many people would be able to reach? How many disciples would be made? I said this morning, you know, one of the things I've been in ministry for a long time now, I sometimes get a fright when I realize how long I've been in ministry. And one of the things I've realized is that by myself, I'm not very good at making disciples. God's called us to make disciples. I know He's called me to make disciples. But I know when I'm investing into somebody's life, I make a pretty warped disciple. Because all they see and all they experience is that which I've experienced from God. But if we add a Teresa to that mix, and we add a Sumin to that mix, and we add a Gareth to that mix, and we add a Joe to that mix, and that person experiences and receives not just from my gift, but from our many different gifts and the revelations and our understanding of God, suddenly we have a disciple who has a better experience and a better understanding of God. He doesn't just relate to God through Philip's eyes, but suddenly the bit that Rob adds to that and the bit that Alton adds to that, the bit that Gisela adds to that, it enriches his experience and his knowledge of God. He has a bigger picture of God because he's not just confined to what I can impart into his life. And so I honestly believe that we are better at making disciples when we do it together. Watch what Romans 12 says to us around the same thought. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Have you ever thought about that? That even tonight, just as an example, the person sitting next to you, they belong to you and you belong to them. As a family of faith, as a body of Christ, we belong to each other. My gift that God has given me is not just for me. My gift that God has me, given me doesn't just belong to me, it belongs to you. And the gift that God has given to you doesn't just belong to you, it belongs to the person sitting next to you too. In His grace, that is in God's grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I love this. I love the diversity of gifting that God has put within His church as a whole and sort of as a microcosm of that, just our representation of His church here tonight. I love the fact that Christy can walk up and take this, that guitar and start singing and playing something, and we would all be incredibly blessed by it. And if I were to try that, we would all just leave. That we all have different gifts and we have different abilities, but we all have gifts and we all have abilities. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. There are a whole bunch of things that I can do that you can't, and there are a whole bunch of things that you can do that I can't. And so, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And we're going to look at a list of some gifts here, and I don't believe this is an exhaustive list. This is just by way of encouragement. Of He's just mentioning some examples. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. 
If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. I want to just encourage you in that. If God has given you leadership ability, He sees it as a responsibility. One of the saddest things for me in church is when we speak to people who are leaders and we invite them to take up a leadership responsibility and for whatever reason, they say no. Sometimes it's a really good reason. But I also know they're missing out on bringing their lunchbox to Christ. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. And obviously we're growing in that all the time. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I love that verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I know we're a little bit younger than the crowd this morning was, just looking around, apart from Sumin and Rob next week and Gareth and Laura Soonish. Are there any other married people here? Welcome married couples at the back as well. You know, I understand for married couples, we have constraints upon our time. We have families, we have a spouse, we have a work, we have all of those things we need to do. There is no ways that any of us can do everything. But all of us can do something. There is no way that all of us can be everywhere, but all of us can be somewhere. I believe there's an invitation from God tonight. And if you're visiting, for those of you who are, and perhaps you're watching on the stream and you're from another congregation, this same principle I, to to I totally believe applies to the church where you are at. That God is inviting us. God is calling us again to say, will you bring your gifts? That gift which God has given you to enrich others, to build others, to encourage others. It doesn't mean that you have to do everything. You don't have to be snowed under. But every one of us, even our being here tonight, is because some people have brought their gift. The band, obviously, we saw them, and the sound guys, and Shal, and the vet sitting up there behind the computer, bringing their gift. And the coffee catering people bringing their gift there. And even the people scanning our temperatures and taking notes because the law requires us to do that for now. They're bringing a form of their gift so that we can all gather together. And obviously that's in a narrow sense, just thinking about Sunday. But church is so much broader and wider and those same principles carry through. But serve the Lord enthusiastically. Do it with a smile. Do it because you want to be there. I love having people, someone like a Rico, who I know he's here for first on a Sunday and he's the last to leave every Sunday and he does it enthusiastically. He never complains. He doesn't do it because he has to. He doesn't do it because somebody has told him or put pressure. He does it because I believe the Holy Spirit has stirred something in his heart to serve him enthusiastically. And I know many of us carry that same. I'm just picking on him a little bit tonight. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Come and join us tomorrow night as we pray. But come enthusiastically. Come because God, and I mean, I've always struggled to understand this about people. 
Was the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit here tonight? Did anybody experience the Holy Spirit talking to you and touching your life through the worship a little bit earlier? Anybody at all? I did. Pretty much all of us. You know, the crazy thing is, we all know that, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just wanting to really encourage us. The weird thing is how many people experience that, and they come and they say, I had this incredible encounter with God at church. And then next week, they're not here. And I'm like, but do you really treasure the presence of the Lord? There's a guy that I need to phone a couple of weeks ago, the first week of relationship week. God speaks to him powerfully. I have to see him in that week because God's touched him. God's been speaking to him. And it's five something weeks later already, and he still hasn't been back. I need to have a conversation with him, a loving conversation. Say, but help me understand. You experience God. You tell me that God is there so powerfully. So why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? Ever? And that was just something which God just shifted in my heart just from it first came to faith. I want to be there. If God's going to be there, I want to be there, if at all possible. If there's a chance the Holy Spirit is going to be there, I want to be there. And obviously, I can't be everywhere always as well. Just in life in general, I can't be in every meeting across the city where the Holy Spirit is going to be because I'm just one person. But I want to be there as much as I can when the Holy Spirit is going to be there. Tonight, there are church services all across the city where the Holy Spirit is there. And there are a whole bunch of Christians sitting at home watching soccer. And I'm like, but how does that work? There is something so beautiful and precious when we come together and keep on praying, which is why I got about, well, I started tomorrow evening as we pray. I promise you the Holy Spirit will be here. How do I know that? Because he says, with two or three of you gather in my name, I'll be there. Come and pray with us. Come and see God's face. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. This evening's message, I believe, is a, a simple one. You have a gift from God. And He's inviting you again, sort of as we reboot, as we restart, as we get our lives just going again after this whole crazy 2020. Can you believe as crazy as it's been this year's almost finished? I walked into the shop yesterday and had to go buy something quickly, and I heard a Christmas carol. And I was like, whoa. Is it that time? It is that time of the year. We're deep into November already. You have a gift. Perhaps you're here and you don't know what your gift is. You haven't even begun to experience. You've never identified it. You don't know what it is that you can bring. Can I just prophetically speak to you and say you have a gift? You're going to discover that gift when you begin to bring it. Maybe you need to come to a band audition and get given a wooden spoon. For somebody to say, you are an amazing person. You're a fun person. You've got so much boldness, but this is not your gift. That guitar, it's not going to get you very far. Okay, God, it's obviously not what then, God. Okay, God, maybe I must go and serve coffee. Let me start there. Let me see if I can just serve people. And as you do that, you're going to discover other areas. Maybe I should lead a small group. 
Maybe I should serve at encounters. Maybe I'm an evangelist. Maybe I should go and pray for people. You know, the only way that you find out and you discover your gift is by stepping out, by beginning, being willing to fail. One of the biggest tragedies in church is our complete unwillingness to fail. Sometimes you need to pray, be willing to pray for someone and not heal, not see them get healed. God, I trust that you want to heal them, and I'm willing to pray for them even if you don't heal them. God, I'm willing to go for the audition and try and sing, and I might break the speakers. I don't know, but I'm going to try. I'm willing to fail, God, because there is no condemnation. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. The first point this evening is stir your gifts. Stir it up. Some of the translations say, other translations, fan it into flame. Don't neglect your gifts. Be deliberate about your gift. The second one is you have a gift, bring it. The church is stronger and richer and better with your gift. Watch this in Ephesians chapter 4. Jesus builds it. Isn't that incredible? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. During lockdown, we built some puzzles. Anyone here ever built a puzzle? Right? Anybody built a puzzle in lockdown? Or is it just our family that's crazy? You guys did as well. And you know, not every piece fits. Sometimes is that you, where's my hammer? Because this piece needs to fit here. I've tried every piece in the box, but there's no piece that fits here. And then three days later, oh, it's this piece. God makes every single piece fit. If God's called you to serve in a house or this house, any house, wherever it may be, He has a place for you. You are a puzzle piece without which that church is poor. The church doesn't need you in the sense that if that boy didn't bring his uh, his, um, five loaves of bread and his two fish, it's not that nobody would have been fed. Jesus would still have made a plan. But there was an opportunity, there was a space that God had provided for that boy to bring his gift. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As you do your special bit, do you know what that means? It means the person sitting next to you is going to grow. Somehow, in some way, even in ways that you don't understand, that you don't see, your gift causes others to grow. You know what I believe this world needs, perhaps as much as anything, is a church that is healthy, that is growing, that is full of love. And I sense tonight the Holy Spirit is just stirring in our hearts, and I know kind of most of us here this evening, just by way of encouragement, you're already bringing your gift. All I want to encourage you is fan it into flame. Strengthen it. Let it grow. Some of us here, we've drawn back. Some of us, we're like, God, I just want to bring. I don't know exactly where you are individually. I know where many of us, I don't know where all of us are. I don't sense the Holy Spirit is saying, come and give more. You're not giving enough. That's not what he is saying. Some of us are our personalities here that really easy. God wants more. I'm, just, I'm giving everything, but it's not enough for God. That's not what he's saying. 
what I believe he is saying, he's inviting us to bring our gift, to say enthusiastically, God, I want to be part of a church. I want to be part of a community. I want to be part of an environment that is healthy, that is growing, that is full of love. God, I don't want to come to church. I think Rick mentioned it earlier. I don't want to come to church as a consumer. I want to come to church as a contributor. I don't just want to come to church that I can come in the door and experience something and leave. I want to come to church with my own special work, whatever that may be. And once again, church is not just the Sunday expression of it. I hope we understand that. But I want to come to church in a way that helps the other parts grow. I want to come to a church so that we all can be healthy and growing and full of love. I believe that's what the world needs. I believe that's what the world is crying out for, a church that is healthy, that is growing, that is full of love. We're already part of a church like that. But how much more can we be part of it? That depends on you and depends on me. Many of us, I know we're sitting and God just encouraging you and I want to say to you and I sense Holy Spirit wants to say to many of us, thank you for bringing your gift. Do not grow weary in doing good. Keep bringing the gift. Fan into flame. Develop the gift. Grow the gift. And keep bringing it as much as you are able. For some of us, he's saying, don't you want to start? Take that first step. That little gift you have, maybe it's just a lunchbox and there are 5,000 people who need food. Maybe, just maybe, you'll be surprised at what Jesus can do with your little gift if you're just willing to bring it. Can we stand? Can I ask the band to come up again? I've been short deliberately because I'd love for us just to spend some more time in worship. And so I know some of you do need to go. So here's what I want to suggest we do. I want to pray for us now because I think prayer is important. And I'm going to ask the band to lead us in a time of song. And if you need to go, you are more than welcome to go after I've done praying. Thank you so much for being here. Otherwise, if you want to just spend time in the Lord's presence, you can hang around as long as you want, as long as the band are able to stay awake and play. At any stage, if you need to go, you're welcome to go. But if you just want to spend time in the Lord's presence, because I believe He wants to meet with us. He has been meeting with us. Maybe you want to speak to God about something to do with the gifting that you're concerned about. You don't know how to fan it into flame. Maybe you don't know what the gifting is. Maybe you want to speak to God about just other stuff that's going on in your life. Maybe you just want to come to God and say, God, will you speak to me about what's on your heart, God? God, I'm going to keep quiet for a while and just listen. Holy Spirit, you speak. Whatever it may be where you're at, feel free to do that. And let's just enjoy. Let's allow ourselves to soak in the presence of the living God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I want to Thank you tonight that we can gather here in the way we do because there are so many people who are bringing their gift, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you've stirred in so many of our hearts to love your house, Lord. Just like King David says that he was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. That a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside, Lord. Even a little bit earlier, just that moment in your presence, which is so precious, Lord. Jesus, that you promised that where two or three gather, you'd be there. 
as we continue to gather in your name, Lord, in so many different spaces, whether it's a small group or prayer gatherings, whatever it is, that you are there. We love your presence, Lord. And so, God, I want to pray just a new spark, Lord God. I want to pray a new wind of your Spirit over the gift that is on every person here, Lord. I pray for a deeper understanding, God. I I pray for those who realize even tonight they've been neglecting their gift. I thank you for new strength and new hope. I thank you, God, that the wind of the Spirit would just come and lift them up, Lord God. That tonight there's an invitation to say, here I come again, Lord God. And there you are, God, with arms wide open. Not angry, not upset. Just say, come again. There is so much more. God, I pray for those who have been bringing their gift so diligently and are growing tired. I, I pray for just wisdom, Lord, how to pace themselves, Lord God. God, I pray for wisdom for them, how to find rest in you, that they would truly experience what you said, Jesus, that your food is to do the will of him who sent you. And they would experience that nourishment from doing your will, God. God, for those who have no clue what gift they have to bring, God, I pray that, Spirit, you would speak to them, that you would lead them, that you would stir something in their heart that they can begin to bring. And as they do that, that they would find that joy of partnering with your Spirit. In Jesus' name. As the band is going to continue to lead us in a time of song, if you need prayer around anything going on in your life, maybe you know your relationship with Jesus isn't as it should be. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Philip, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. We would love to pray with you. Maybe there's other stuff going on and you just want someone to pray with you, to agree with you. You're welcome to step forward. We'd love to pray with you and just minister to you and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to speak to you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. Otherwise, hang around as long as you want in the Lord's presence tonight. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.